The air we breathe, the water we drink, the soil that grows food for our families. These basic elements are essential to healthy, happy lives. America's corn growers think so too. Across the country, they're pitching in every day and doing the work to produce food and fuel that is healthy in a sustainable way. Go to ncga.com to learn more about how corn farmers grow a more sustainable future for us all. That's ncga.com. And we're live with our first Paper Movies Book Club, a novelization book club uh, discussion video. Jeremy from Stupid Chainsaw Productions and Adam from Bryant's Nerd Pub are here to talk about Godzilla, King of the Monsters. I didn't Where, Where's your copy, Jeremy? I listened to it on Audible. Yeah. Well, hey, <laughs> hey that's good because you get to get of a different, uh, you know, analysis of the book through different media. So, yeah, I can do a review of the uh, the narrator. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Yeah, I can do that for but you. But first, okay, Adam, would you like to do a brief summary or just a oh, full sure. on summary of the of the book? Well, sure, I'll do a brief summary. It is a sequel to the 2014 Godzilla. Uh, a device known as the Orca is stolen by uh, eco-terrorists. And the Orca is, uh, what it basically does, it's able to send frequencies and communicate with other titans. So Monarch travels to try to stop it, stop them and the eco-terrorists from um, releasing all the other titans onto the world. And, you know, of course, Godzilla intervenes and... Yeah, I don't. And the biggest villain in this is King Ghidorah, and we have other monsters, uh, titans such as Mothra and Rodan, and yeah, and so uh, to get talk about the author real quick, um, Jeremy, did you want to do that, or do you want me to? Yeah, Greg Keys wrote some New Jedi Order books. I'm sure I can't see offhand because naturally it's on the part of the shelf that has a metal post in front of it. But he wrote one of the duologies. He did, uh, yeah, New Jedi Order, uh, Edge of Victory 1, Conquest, Edge of Victory 2, Rebirth, and The Final Prophecy. Okay. So. Okay, so he wrote a couple, yeah. Um, this book... You didn't I like it? Oh, well, I hated it. I hated, hated it. half of it. The second half, it became fan service, and I was mildly entertained. But I just about hated every character in this book uh-huh. because they were stupid. And they weren't supposed to be stupid. But right. it was like the plot made everyone stupid in this book except for a <laughs> 14-year-old. Okay. Okay, so <laughs> you didn't like the book. Uh, well, let's go into the whole history of the Godzilla thing first, okay? As we like we have in the comments, Matt says something. He brings up Godzilla 1998, which we did a watch along on Adam's channel uh, last week, which was a lot of fun. Got to watch that 1998, one of the best Godzilla movies ever made, in my opinion, because <laughs> I've never seen the other ones uh, except for the 2014 version only once. So I don't have that much knowledge about Godzilla other than 98. Um, don't remember anything from the 2014 movie, except that you hardly saw Godzilla. And I have not seen Godzilla King of the Monsters, so this was my first take with uh, that story. So 
what about you guys? What how what how much knowledge well, do you have? As you can tell by my uh, Criterion set of the Showa era, I am a fan of classic Godzilla. As is Adam. Uh, Adam's more of a fan than I am. Um, I mean, no, no. <laughs> I mainly stick to the Showa era stuff, which ends in the mid seventies. Although I do enjoy everything up until Godzilla 2014, which I thought was the equivalent of taking Ambium and being awake and being miserable and very bored with bad dialogue. Because for some reason, Americans have to have some sort of human plot in movies where giant monsters beat each other up. I've never understood that. At least with Roland Emmerich's 98 movie, it was a comedy. And every single character was comic relief, so it made it enjoyable to watch. But, man, I have not bothered to watch a Godzilla movie since 2014 because it was probably one of the most boring cinematic experiences of my entire life. Well, I enjoyed the read. Um, I I enjoyed the book. I enjoyed the movie. And um, I was going to say, uh, I liked going through the book and as a Godzilla fan, finding all of those Easter eggs that, you know, kind of pay homage to the original series. And, but, um, but we can get into that in just a minute. But um, I, uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, I liked that the book actually included some brief scenes from uh, that were not featured in the film like it gave like some characters like the character of jonah the eco-terrorist like there's something about him that's not present in the film and it actually adds like a little bit of you know more in depth to his character and like why he does what he does and i thought and i enjoyed that um as for like um it's actually pretty uh it's pretty much the movie except for like a few like additions but i um i really enjoyed it um I know that at one point we mentioned at the end that like the ending of the book was like very rushed. And I do agree with that. Um, but oh yeah. It, it, it suffers from the Alan Dean Foster force awakens syndrome where you just take about 20 minutes of film and you put it in 10 pages. <laughs> well, you know, I guess he had a, maybe a quota or like, Hey, if you get past 300 pages, you better hurry up. Uh, I'm liking the comments so far. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, we got some people that are uh, that are enjoying it. SF Fisher, 1993. He uh, just jumped in. Oh, or she, welcome. I don't know. Uh, said that they enjoyed the creature. Uh, said some creatures not in the film were in the book, and Jonah's family life is mentioned. Yeah, that's. Uh, yeah. Um, I did like that they included some of the other creatures. Like, I was wondering if some of the other creatures were, or the Titans were animals from the previous Godzilla films. Like, I think one of them may have been. Yeah, a couple of them were. I, I yeah. Think. Or some things were inspired because there's something like Angris. Yeah, that that's what I was thinking. Up, uh, but it's not Angris or it's not named. So it could be. It's like uh, an everything but name kind of thing. Kong shows up. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a really cool, like cameo, I guess, because I I did read the Kong Skull Island novelization before I saw the film, and uh, once I saw the film, I enjoyed the book a lot better. Uh, basically, wanted to watch the film just to see all the cool effects, because you know it's like, oh, I got to see giant gorilla walking around an island and smashing things, um, which was cool. And when I read him in this book, it was like I got all excited because there's I guess rumors of a Kong versus Godzilla 
coming Get out of the next film. And the way that the story goes with this, I'm really curious, the way he's mentioned in here, I don't see how they're going to be uh, against each other. I don't understand what you, you what have to haven't... understand the first time that would be uh, Kong versus Godzilla will be a remake of King Kong versus Godzilla, which Actually. was supposed to be Frankenstein versus Godzilla. Yeah, like, that was <laughs> one, at one point. Kong gets struck by lightning and gets more powerful and beats up Godzilla more. Which makes no sense at all, because like, how would a gorilla get more? It's like, if anything, it'd be more like Godzilla would get stronger from that. But yeah, yeah, I don't know how they'll even do that because they they pit. It's one thing I like about the book is they they kept the King Ghidorah is an alien. Yeah, yeah, that was that, that was, was kind of mind blowing for me too. I was like, "Wait, what?" Oh this yeah, no, and then it kind of grew on me. Um, I was gonna ask, is it all right if I read some of the Easter eggs that have to do with King Ghidorah? Oh, yeah, yeah, we could do some. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say, uh, okay. Well, you know how they actually refer to King Ghidorah throughout the novel as Monster Zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's actually that's actually one of his original names from the uh, early '60s movies. Yeah, like, the first uh, his first appearance, he's referred to as Monster Zero. Uh, that was well. That's uh, actually his first appearance. Um, I'm not sorry. I don't mean to. Quote. He, he's gonna one up me. I know. Um, well, um, it comes to my uh, second one with uh, on page 192. Uh, one of the characters refers to him as Ghidra. Like whenever his real name is Ghidorah, but they called him Ghidra. And I was just like, ah, because when Ghidra first appeared, his first movie was called Ghidra, the three headed monster. And I have it right here. Oh, wow. And uh, that's the VHS. Uh, Recently, they uh, updated the title to Ghidorah, the three headed monster. But what I was also going to say was um, this film, it's actually the same uh, the the same three monsters fighting each other are the same. Like in the original, it was King Ghidorah, Godzilla, Mothra, and Rodan fighting each other. So, and um, but uh, but yeah, I kind of thought that that was kind of a fun little Easter egg. But um, the character Sarazawa, mm-hmm. um, he's actually the name of the scientist from the original uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters movie. Like yeah. The, he has an eye patch and everything, and he's actually the. And they make reference in the movie, uh, the novelization, to the oxygen destroyer, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that was a device in the original movie that was invented by Sarazawa, and it wasn't a nuclear weapon. It was more like a chemical agent type weapon. It still killed all marine life, but it more like disintegrated them. But um, but yeah, and uh, those are the first few Easter eggs I was wanting to mention right now. I just thought that those were really cool. It is cool. See, I, I didn't have any idea that they were going to be doing any Easter eggs sprinkled throughout the book, but it makes sense for... The, I the noticed a weird one, Adam, and I don't know if you did. So there's that one scientist who's briefly mentioned in China who has a twin sister, and they're both interested in Mothra. Are yeah, supposed to be a reference to the fairies that sing <laughs> the Mothra in God. <laughs> That's a thing. That is a thing. That is actually a thing. In the original Mothra films, there were two fairies that were kind of like Mothra's like, um, oh, geez, I don't know how you would call it, but they 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 could communicate to Mothra basically by song. And uh, but yeah, they um, 
they also they also make reference to that in the film. I don't want to spoil it, but um, right. But yeah, I want to say that too. Uh, we we could spoil this story all we want to. So everybody has been warned. That's why we're here doing a paper movie edition. Um, if you got spoilers and you want to just say them, say them. Because I have something to remark on that the fairies type situation. When you're done, Adam, I'll I'll tell you. Oh no, you're good. Uh, but yeah, um, they kind of uh, in the film too. They kind of make they kind of uh, in, in touch on that because they play Mothra's theme song that the fairies would sing to Mothra. Oh. Uh, but um, hmm. uh, but yeah, that's what I was. Um, but yeah, you're uh, you're you're right. My problem with Mothra in this book, which I don't know the logistics of everything from the film, how it really works, but Mothra evolved way too fast, in my opinion, to become the giant butterfly or moth, uh, which I found that a little bit goofy. I mean, of course, the, the book is full of goofy stuff, but it was kind of fun. But I thought that was the only issue that I had was Mothra just like, just moving along way too fast but when it relates to the fairy thing that you're talking about it's funny that you say that because like whenever at the very end okay spoiler mothra gets like vaporized and all the like just like mist powder or whatever just i I thought it was like a fairy dust like coming down to heal godzilla but that's not the way that it really went so well um it's kind of funny you mention that um Mothra actually gets her butt handed to her in quite a bit of the movies. Like, um, she's kind of more from what I've always saw. She's kind of more as like when other monsters are fighting, she tries to be the mediator, but when things don't get work out, then she intervenes. Honestly, Um, as I recall, like when Godzilla and Mothra fought originally, she doesn't do well, but her babies and yeah, beating Godzilla. Her the, both the of her lava is more powerful than. Yeah, her uh, her offspring. Um, her they actually web Godzilla and he falls into the ocean. And I just thought that was funny, like t- like a giant uh-huh. lizard got beat by two caterpillars, basically. But <laughs> um, <laughs> it's pretty funny. Now I did but, look up some videos on YouTube. Like after I read a scene, I was like, "This this sounds cool. I'm gonna look it up." So I watched some action scenes. Nice. I couldn't help myself. Um, well, at the end, you mentioned uh, at the you mentioned the end. Like uh, I was gonna say that was another Easter egg. Like when they talked about how Godzilla was emitting an orange glow. Mm-hmm. That's actually a reference. Uh, it's from the Heisei era of Godzilla called Godzilla versus Destroya. Well, Godzilla has absorbed too much radiation, and I'm sorry he's... you didn't say it properly. I'm sorry. Because so, I wasn't it Desastroya and like Uh-oh. they scream it at the top of our lungs in the dub. Yeah, I, 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 I figured someone's gonna say this. I was like, I'm calling it Destroya, but it's Desastroya. It... it destroyer is what it is, but it was a, it was a. A creature that was created as a result of the oxygen destroyer. Oh, that's and cool. and um, but Godzilla at this point had consumed too much radiation, and he was starting to glow orange throughout the whole movie. And the whole, the whole kind of uh, most of the plot revolves around them trying to contain because he's about to explode, and 
yeah. a, a 300 foot lizard, you know, exploding with that much nuclear energy would have destroyed the whole earth. And I that's mean, what... it was like Japan's nuclear reactors. Oh, wait, hmm. those did blow up. Yeah. Hashtag yeah. too soon. I remember that like shifted the Earth's axis slightly after that happened, right? The tsunami that happened after that. Yeah, it's crazy. Maybe it was just Godzilla down there in the hollow Earth rolling over. Yeah, that was a neat thing. That that's another positive. I like oh, just the explanation of that. Mm-hmm. Sorry, uh, Matt Wilkins actually just reminded me from his earlier comment. Um, here's another Easter egg. Um, on page 213, they make a reference to the Loch Ness Monster. Yes, that was awesome. Yeah, um, this is the second time the Loch Ness Monster has actually appeared in the Godzilla franchise. Because he, in the 1998 animated series that followed the movie, um, he's one of the villains that Godzilla fights. But yeah, but I'm like, he's way too big. I'm like, I know that lake is big, but I'm like... They call him a Mosasaur or something like that. And I watch it like, that's not a Mosasaur. <laughs> that's not even close to what a Mosasaur would look like. But um, but yeah, Godzilla made his way to Scotland and he fought the Loch Ness Monster. And I thought that that was kind of a cool, fun little Easter egg. Yeah. Because uh, I also... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go right ahead. Sorry. Well, I also saw... I looked up some videos and I think that they said that uh, from the film that shows like monarch outposts throughout the whole country or throughout the whole world. And they, and I saw like on the map that it said that there was one in Scotland. So that's what I guess the implication is that to keep an eye on Nessie. Right. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And uh, there was that one, um, the Kraken that escapes that we never hear about again. Yeah. (laughs) You think we're going to hear about that one in the next what are you talking about? It's with all the other monsters that start bowing to Godzilla at the end. But it's where the, though? In the in the ocean? I don't I don't know. The, I, mean, I don't know any sense that they were all over there bowing to Godzilla, period. I, I thought that was really tacky. I you started I had to pull over because I couldn't stop laughing listening to the audiobook. Yeah, yeah, I liked I didn't like that. You see, Rodan in the original movies, he was not that submissive. Yeah, that was another thing. I'm a big Rodan fan because he flies really fast and all the models flip up and get thrown on the ground. <laughs> he had that really powerful wingspan and whenever uh, he'd soar, this big shock wave would just wipe out that island, all the like the city down there. <laughs> that was pretty crazy, which I had something that I was going to mention about that. It made me kind of laugh a little bit was there was a fight scene uh with the the jets flying shooting rocket missiles at rodan and someone has to eject their seat and they fly out and they get eaten by them and i'm just (laughs) thinking like like how big are these monsters i mean i imagine they're if they're knocking down skyscrapers they're going to be huge their mouth when it's open is going to be bigger than like a garage door clearly so when they eat a person they just they're not getting crunched down on they're just like, like going in, down into the chest the, they're just going down into the stomach and just like slowly dying right. stomach acid and just digesting alive well um well they mentioned that godzilla was around 350 feet uh tall and um yeah and then they also said that uh Adora's of 500 something feet i think 400 i think you could be right um um but one thing that they did 
that I kind of appreciated because they didn't really touch on this very much in the original Godzilla. Um, you know how, like, at the end, after fighting the Mutos at the big original Godzilla, like, they're all mm-hmm. gathered around him? Like, well, <laughs> I know that Godzilla in this one, like, after he... Uh, I was going to get to this, but uh, I'm going to finish this point first. Like, after they... Um, after uh, he was hit by the oxygen destroyer and he went down to his home or something to absorb the radiation, I was just like, I'm kind of glad that they're now touching on the fact, like, people should not get close to Godzilla because I know he's a giant lizard, but he's emitting, like, high-level radiation. Yeah. Yeah, so much towards at the end that they're like, oh, he's going he's gonna to blow, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. the whole So I guess Boston not only is, de- like, permanently destroyed but it's now a nuclear wasteland so you can't go there anymore yeah like it's the second you'd because it's like the book implies that san francisco just never got rebuilt like it's just gone yeah i had a uh what i was wanting to say was um here's a topic discussion that i was kind of a little thrown off from and this happens both in, in this novelization and the film they knocked out Godzilla and revived him by the same means. I know it was different weapons, but they basically nuked him twice. And yeah. the, fir- the first time I know that the first one was supposed to like destroy oxygen into the water, but I'm like, it was just like, so you almost killed him by nuking him. Yeah. And then you're going to wake him up by nuking him like right to his face. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it is pretty tacky. That's the thing that bothered me too. Is like Godzilla, king of the monsters, sure does get knocked out a lot, and he had to have the people help him. Basically, at the end, he couldn't have done it without the people. So he's really not the king. He cheated. I will say, um, he almost would have if they hadn't. Uh, I had a friend at work that was complaining about that part in the movie, but I mean, it happens in the novelization too, but he's just like, man, like just like Godzilla would have killed King Ghidorah. If like, cause he had him in the water. They would have, he would have actually won if they hadn't a freaking nuked him. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, like that's actually really true. He probably would have won, but, um, uh, but it's kind of a loophole because I'm like, it would imply that King Ghidorah would have drowned, but I'm like, but wait, it's like if he would have drowned, then like how would the oxygen destroyer not not have any effect on him? I mean, oh, he was also he's an alien, and he was also frozen in ice, so he had yeah, to be underwater anyway at one point in time to be frozen in a giant block of ice. His head also grows back. Yeah, well, and apparently, I'm assuming his whole body's going to grow back from one head that they pulled out of the ocean. <laughs> I was kind of thinking that. Uh, you see, he's lost his heads before in the old movies, but they always kind of like, and the one of the older, like this poster behind me, mm-hmm. uh, in that film, he loses one head to Godzilla, but then the humans actually uh, create like a mecha head. Yeah, he has a robot head. And they kind of control him. And I was wondering if that was what they were going for, is like maybe trying to find a way to create their own mecha Godzilla or mecha King Ghidorah. Yeah, it'd be cool to see Mecha Godzilla. He's my fave. He looks, like, he looks like a Megazord. That would be weird. Um, so, what with the characters? You guys want to talk about characters? For <laughs> <a bit? laughs> you mean how awful they are? Well, or like I yeah, 
the one that really irritated me the most in the beginning was Mark. Is that the dad? That, that's the dad. Uh, Maddie is the daughter. Now I wrote some notes down, so I'll kind of I'm gonna kind of glance yeah. over it and see what they say. Uh, but I thought Mark, you know, he was the father of Maddie. He was out studying wolves in Colorado before all this uh, crap went down, and he's definitely a pretty far left wing dude, I guess, because he pulls out a 45. Well, he's not too left wing, but he pulls out a 45 when this wolf is like staring him down, and then he's like, oh, he knows that I'm pointing a weapon at him. So he holsters his 45, so and he lowers and kind of bows down to the wolf in submission. I thought that was really tacky. Yeah, it wasn't. He's not as bad as his ex-wife, who well, made no. the dumbest character I've ever read in a book. Right. I don't remember her name. I don't Anna. remember anyone's name except for Sarazawa, and I think that was because he was in the last go- the 2014 Godzilla movie. Let let them fight. Yeah, he was that guy. Let them fight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Or as I like to call him, the guy from Last Samurai. He also played Razal Ghoul, the fake one in Batman Begins. But um, actually, yeah, when uh, Christopher Nolan decided that. Raish Al Ghul should be called Raz Al Ghul. Yeah. But um, I was going to say the uh, honestly, I think Sarazawa was my favorite, but I'm kind of mm-hmm. like, it's kind of hard because he's. I kind of want to agree with him, but at the same time, like, yeah, but these monsters are kind of destroying everything. And, you know, I mean, <laughs> but, yeah, they, they, there's some weird stuff that went on with. Uh... With all of it, you know, like the mark with the weapons, you know. Every every with, member of Mon- Monarch is the reverse of what they should be. They are all dumbasses. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, there's no other word for it. They they are some of the dumbest scientists and military people possibly ever. You're taking orders from a civilian the entire time. Yeah. Like, who does that? Also... Why does the ex-wife think that letting monsters out to, to will cause the natural order of things to correct? It makes absolutely I get no that sense. Eco terrorists would do that because they're crazy people and they're eco terrorists. Um, they kind of touch on some. I'm not going to spoil it for you if you're planning on watching it. But um, let's just say that at the end of the movie, that is addressed in a way. But that's all I'm going to say. But that's not in the book. No. That's weird. You just yeah, that is very in the book. Then. Well, the, the ending really was highly irritating because it didn't really – it just stopped. But uh, I wanted to comment, too. We were talking about how Emma's mission was so stupid. Yeah, and I was I put Emma's speech that she gives to Mark, like she calls him like through video. It was really tacky. Um, And then like this montage of stuff starts to play, like you get life growing. And the the image that I had in my mind was that stupid thing from uh, The Last Jedi when it's like talking about the force and it goes into the shadow and you see the plants growing. And I think it mentioned that like, oh, it goes into plants growing and things dying. Uh, You're saying this was written by Ryan Johnson. (laughs) Probably. No, but I was I just thought it was so stupid and 
yeah, she makes this Orca device to reset the natural order. It's like you're using technology to reset the natural order when it's like, hey, people have already. What are you resetting? It was stupid. I mean, Michael Crichton already wrote two books about this. They're called Jurassic Park and the Lost World. It didn't end well for them. Well, yeah. I was going to say on that, Emma reminds me of a character that's from a Jurassic Park video game who wants to try to release dinosaurs from the island, and she gets eaten by one of them, which is oh, hilarious. Funny irony, I guess. But um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, it's just those things like people who are so bad, they want to kill each other. So what's the answer to unleash monsters to kill everybody? Yeah, it, it, the that whole sequence reminded me of the scene, and I have, I have to spoil a really terrible film here called uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. When a clone of a little girl won't gas the abominations of nature that are these cloned dinosaurs and lets them go in Northern California. And the movie ends with just dinosaurs running rampant in America. Like it just felt like that, like in the stupidity department. Um, Only it wasn't ha as ham fisted in this as it was in fallen kingdom, which I mean, and it was done by the antagonist, so which is just a little different. But I guess she's not an antagonist at the end. I thought she was. Uh, it was kind of more like I kind of see it kind of more of like a Vader thing. She tried to do redemption. Yeah, she did the right thing, but that doesn't excuse what she did type of thing. Her, her death is also really rushed. Who? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's... Yeah. <laughs> Did but, she really? Did it? I don't remember mentioning her death. Uh, it, yeah, everything it's like everything faded to black or something like that. One of those. Easy I think it's. Out. I mean, I think it's highly implied. Um, it's kind of the same in the film, but. Uh, okay. Uh, but um. Hmm. I was also gonna say though, like Jonah, like in one of the people in the comments, I'm gonna see. Who said that? I think it was. Oh yeah, S. Fisher, nineteen ninety three. Um, uh, that Jonah's family was not mentioned in the film, and that's what I kind of liked. It was just like, oh, well, okay, they kind of. You you see, here's the thing. Originally, I had to look this up. Originally, I thought Jonah was the uh, see what's his name, Tom Hiddleston's character from Kong, because you know, uh. It talked like he said that he was in the British Special Forces, and so was Tom Hiddleston's character. But then I looked up like, oh, their names are different. Then it's not him. Um, and uh, and he has and, but I like that they. It's, it, I like that they at least tried to explain why he is because you know he's upset with humanity because he talked about how his daughter was kidnapped on the way to school and murdered. And I mean, it's just. I mean, it was, I guess it was added, my opinion, it was added just to kind of give him more reason, because otherwise in the film, he's just like, he's just doing it be because he's like, mm -hmm. I'm evil, I want to do things, you know, but. Yeah, to make him more human, give him his cause to. Yeah, I was also going to say, he's the most reasonable 
villain I have ever seen. Like, there's it talks about there's times where, you know, uh, Emma has like a gun pointed to him and everything, and I'm just like, just like, and he just lets her go. I'm just like, dude, I feel like any other villain like that would have just had you killed the moment you lowered your guard yeah. or something. <laughs> It's also pretty cruel, though, too, because it's like, hey, yeah, you, she does something, uh, slit her daughter's throat. Oh, he, yeah. Like, slide, I he, like, slides her a glass of whiskey. He's like, sure you don't want that drink? So. Okay, yeah, you did remind me about that. Yeah, I, for, uh, I forgot that he said that. <laughs> no. No, the thing that I did not like either, I mean, of course they had to do it for, I guess, none of the stuff could have happened without it, but the Argo the giant flying like yeah the helicopter plane either what the make believe like it's yeah, the, the, the avengers thing i've ever seen it's like some sci-fi technology yeah. in the film it looks like a a giant drone okay. yeah i got the feeling it was going to look like that Goofy. I mean, they had like other airplanes inside of it and stuff those ospreys which they were obsessed with those the helicopters that turn into airplanes. Mm-hmm. Like, there were so many of them in this book. It's like the only thing that was around, I guess. It it was like um, they wanted to have their big Star Wars like plane battle. Yeah, and it, yeah. I think it was the, towards the end. Um, there, there's a mention of like, and then they ran to the Osprey or something, and it was like, wait, where did that come from? <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember where that came from. I it was some it might have been towards the end, not the like at the end. But yeah, I remember being kind of confused of like where do they get that? It just they they're they're everywhere. Everybody's got them in this world. Well, I was gonna say um, I was gonna ask Matthew like we know Jeremy uh, didn't like, but I was gonna ask what did you think of the story? It I thought it was, well first I have to put my mind into the cheesy action film. So doing that, it adjusted my expectations and all that crap. And I, I actually thought it was pretty decent. I enjoyed it. I liked it. Like I said, the, the, the characters were all annoying. Yeah. But but they they had, like, like Mark, he had his moments where it was all right. And he had a Sarazawa, right? He, he was pretty cool sometimes. He was probably the bravest person in this one because, oh, yeah. like, to stand next to a highly radiated Godzilla, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, I was just like, yeah. Mm. He said like, was, oh, go ahead. I thought it was cool that it, like would go through his notes and stuff before certain like certain chapters. There's like from the the notebook of so and so. There's all the like, history. Were interesting. Yeah. And it's like some of them, it kind of was like, what, was that like a real quote or is that just all made up? Some of it seemed a pretty lot legit. Of actual mythology. Mm-hmm. They're just trying to tie it to big monsters. Right. Yeah, there. I was going to say that, that a whole scene where they're traveling underneath to find Godzilla's lair and it showed that this race of people worship Godzilla like a god. Yeah. I mean, that's actually not in any, that's not from what I remember, any other Godzilla movie. And I thought that that was actually kind of an interesting touch. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, though, the idea of Monarch. Monarch's actually not in any other Godzilla movie that I know of. Um, I actually know he's not, it's not, but I actually do kind of like the idea of Monarch. Um, it just kind of, uh, I don't know, it just kind of, 
it creates kind of a cool like subplot because you know when you go see a godzilla film like you're only going to see it because of godzilla violence and everything and uh but i just kind of thought that that was a very unique approach because and most other godzilla films like they're it's normally the military that's always tracking Godzilla. I like that this was also like a group of scientists that was working with the military. Right. And uh, I'm sure they've had that in several other Godzilla films. Like I, it's been a while since I've seen them. Yeah, actually, yes, there has been on this scale. I get what you're, you're saying, Adam. Yeah. So they had to have their, like their men in black type sector thing. It wasn't the transformers movies. They had like, Sector Seven or something like that. Yeah, they have something stupid like so that. It's like they had it kind of to drive the story. There's like this secret group that does things, you know, keeps it away from everybody. They had something kind of like that in Godzilla: Final Wars that we were talking about last week on my channel, where it has like uh, enhanced humans, like they're tasked with uh, <laughs> fighting tight kaiju's, and. Um, and uh, but yeah, there's been some films where it shows like a team of scientists working with the military, you know, but I thought that the idea of Monarch was very interesting. And uh, I also liked like how it's uh, but we, it's a horrible organization. Like we've also seen that with Kong, like how, you know, they just kind of bring the military into it. They don't tell them what we're going after. There's right. like. Like, well, we're going to be finding a giant monster. I um, I hope that everything goes well, but we got and the military. We'll be fine, you know. Then someone yeah. gets shish-kebobbed uh, cannibal holocaust style by a bamboo spider. Yeah. That, yeah. That, like, that was one of the best references I've ever seen to to another film. Like, and that was nasty for PG-13. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, there is a Godzilla reference in the movie uh, i'm sure it's in the novelization too uh, i'll ask you um uh they make reference of like yeah in 1954 there was a series of nuclear tests like there weren't no tests they were trying to kill something and that was actually godzilla that they were trying to kill because 1954 was his original appearance in cinema history so okay i have a note here that uh it says something i found more unrealistic than the giant monsters and this is of course court to the book not the film because i haven't seen the film so i don't know how the scene was shot but uh it was the fact that the maddie and mark were able to see each other during the chaos on antarctica when their monsters are fighting snow is being blasted around everywhere and the storms are going on how they were able to see each other uh mark was on the osprey flying away and he could see no 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 maddie's on the osprey flying away but she could see her dad like yeah fighting. Trying to get out and that's stupid Hollywood stuff. I won't blame Greg Keys for that one. Yeah, well, they did at the end too when they saw uh, her Emma driving around in the city. Like, oh, I saw her, the tiny car. It's like, but is it? I can't imagine. Is he seeing like little, uh, <laughs> little things, uh, hot, not Hot Wheels, but uh, micro machines just <laughs> driving around and little tiny people? Like, it just, it, it I can't. <laughs> I didn't like that. It's like they were able to see, like they had hawk eyes. Every little detail that was going on, they're supposed to be really far away, flying super fast to get out of places. Is it, I they mentioned something like this in the book, and it kind of was like kind of weird to me. Um, they're saying that from Maddie's pers uh, perspective, when she used Orca at the at the the Red Sox stadium, and she brought King Ghidorah to her. Yeah, and then. He, <laughs> 
I just kind of feel like for an animal, like King Ghidorah would have been able to see like, this is not a threat. Like, I don't know what's going on here. But then she's yeah. like, yeah, like he like this, uh, this giant monster thinks a 14 year old girl is a threat. I remember them mentioning something like that. I'm just like, yeah, I feel like King Ghidorah would have just like, like what? I can't be you. too careful. Maddie could be a Mary Sue. That's true. <laughs> yeah, we got to stop that. <laughs> she could just snap Ghidorah's necks. All three of them. She could she could pull King Ghidorah down and electrocute him. Yeah, yeah, with that taser that she stole from uh, Jonah's hideout. <laughs> yeah. The sun gun. Yeah, which by the way, like since I don't know who any of the actors are in this film, Jonah for some reason I pictured the actor. Let's say Peter Stomar. Uh, have you guys seen The Big Lebowski? Yeah, he's the nihilist in Big Lebowski. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's... yeah, that's who I imagined was Jonah for some reason. I think he's been in a couple. Uh, I think he might have been in Lost World. Uh, he was the guy that got eaten by the little tiny dinosaurs. Yes. Yeah, I, I imagined him as Jonah for some reason. It was like the only actor that popped in my head for any of these characters. Um, I know that the girl is played by a, the girl who plays Eleven in Stranger Things. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah. The uh, actor that plays Jonah is actually, um, I can't remember his name, but he was in Game of Thrones. He plays one of the Lannisters. The, is he Tywin? It's, it's, the, it's the, the dad, the, the old yeah, guy. Yeah, Tywin, yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, um, I remember as an actor. I think he's, really, he's a really good actor. He's in uh, one of my favorite films, Alien 3. Hmm, heck yeah. Um, as far as the, uh, I don't remember... <laughs> He's also in a Ghostbusters movie. Uh, uh, Matt's favorite, uh, Ghostbusters 2016. Oh, I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> I only know this because I watched the uh, blanket review of it the other day. <laughs> I have to say, he brought up Ghostbusters 2016. I think that deserves the first paper movies boot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Later, Jeremy. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. But no, we were talking about the characters. I like Rob D's comment. He said, I don't remember any of the human characters. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're not important. Except yeah. you're forced to deal with them for the first 13 chapters of this book, and it's unbearable. Well, but the thing with the characters is, like, I remember them, but they are just completely um, just too far out. Like we said, like Mark is sitting here telling the military and Marnarch what to do. Yeah, yeah, that's stupid. And they're just, asking him advice, like, "What do we do now? What do we do now?" And he's like, "I thought, yeah, this that's that is weird because they they oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. What do we do, Mark?" And he's like, "We join the fight." It's like, okay. Earlier, he's like, "Guys, put your guns down. Put your guns down. They sense the threat. They know that you're shooting guns at them." Okay, guys, the the monster's as tall as a building. He knows you have a gun in your hand. I was about to say, I think the Godzilla bullet is like a. Like a fly. Yeah, not even like he just probably doesn't even feel anything. If he's stepping on buildings with his feet, go <laughs> falling what through are you stepping with. Falling his head? through his yeah, head? Falling, falling through like buildings and stuff. I don't think he's feeling little pellets. Might tickle for all I know. But it doesn't work. And it's it's the gun. I don't know. That might be the, the gun. In Hollywood, well, guys don't use the guns; they're not going to work. But they they wouldn't. But whatever. I don't know. 
Um, but no, the the character. I was just kind of actually surprised they weren't continuing the uh, the original characters from the first movie, like that that guy from the Navy. Um, oh God, no! Are you like, talking the main character, the the guy who played Kickass? Yeah, like Brian Cranston, and and, and, uh, no, and I think people agree in Hollywood that his face is awful to look at, and they don't want him in their movies. No, he he has the most bland face I've ever seen on a human being. He was terrible in that movie. They roided him up to not look like a skinny nerd. I thought it was funny that he played Quicksilver in the MCU with Elizabeth oh, Olsen playing the Scarlet Witch. They were playing brother and sister. Then in Godzilla, they played husband and wife. I thought that was kind of funny. Oh, God. It's like... Uh, I've seen that before. That, that that boggles my mind, Adam. I can I won't sleep tonight. Well, what's that, something, Matt? Something that bothered me with uh, towards the end, the house that Maddie goes to. They kept saying it was their old house, the house they used to live in. But she goes to the house and just opens the door, and then I, looks at. She I, looks at. Go ahead. I think I, I to answer your question. I think one of the parents still owned it. Okay, because it says she looks at the picture. She's like, oh, it's just a thing of the past or whatever. It's all in my mind. They're like, whose house is it? If it's their old house. It's probably it's like, oh, owned by the mom the, still. I, I thought it was owned by the dad, because didn't the mom live in Tokyo? I mean, he yeah, lives in China. Or China or... Oh, yeah, she, that's, that's, true. The, that's true. It could be the dad, because... Like he said at the end, like he never gave up. He still loved his family. He just, you know, fell off the deep end. So he probably did keep the house and just was living in Colorado. Yeah. Doing his, his thing. So, or maybe just went back and forth or something. I don't know. I yeah. have a favorite line in this book. And What's that? one of the many soldier characters that suddenly become main characters because they mm. run out of main characters. Yes, um, Brooke. And right. he's like, gee, she ran away? I don't blame her with parents like you. Then <laughs> <laughs> he says, like, what'd you say? He just repeats it again. And he, he looks her. I remember that scene in the movie, like, that happens. And, like, she just, like, stops. So like, what'd you say? And then he, like, looks him right in the eye and said, I said. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I ain't scared of you. Cheesy. <laughs> Um. <laughs> but it's fun. I I would have liked to have seen the the giant bull thing. Which one is it? Rise up out of uh, Arizona. I thought that that was who or, Angris was. I think that was Angris. Yeah, uh, Angris. Yeah, in the original Godzilla films, Angris is like a like a massive spiked armadillo. Yeah. Okay. Um. Or kind of like a mix between an armadillo and um, like a stegosaurus, I'm going to say. Yeah. Isn't that in the one Godzilla movie where Godzilla and uh, the other monster talk to each other? Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was, that happened in this. Oh my gosh. They made it to where you could actually hear Godzilla talking with another monsters and it was. talked like this, as I recall from my childhood. It sounded like you were like it sounded like a DJ rubbing his hand on a record or something like that. <laughs> Just like hey, you know, that's so tacky. Yeah. Um, was it okay? I'm, I have this thing open. I'm trying to think. There was that one lady, that scientist who uh, went and like 
pulled the plug on the security stuff to let the monster out because uh, she was agreeing with Emma. She's like, "We're Emma's right. We need to reset humanity and the natural order of things." Oh, uh, uh... I can't remember what her name was or where it was that she did this. Um, I'm in that area of the book, but there's this one scientist lady who who thinks that what's happening is right. Is it Chen? I don't um, know. Crap. I, I knew I should have wrote some of this stuff down a little bit better. But it's, it's chapter? The, I think it like kind of looks like an it has tusks. Oh that was yeah. through. So uh Dan, maybe. Hmm. I can't I remember it. Do you guys remember what I'm talking about? Jeremy, do you remember you confused? I think I remember what you're talking about, but I just can't remember okay. the girl's the, the the person's name. Yeah, but that's just I thought that was kind of uh, a little bit interesting is that there was that other character in Monarch that was like, you know what? Maybe she's right. Vaguely I remember this. I don't know. Yeah. Monarch should be like disbanded for being dumb. Or just fire everyone, like apprentice style, and then like hire like competent people to run. <laughs> Starting with that fourteen-year-old, <laughs> <laughs> she'd do a better job. Than... <laughs> I was gonna say it was kind of surprising that the kid was actually probably more grounded and smarter than most of the adults. I was so happy that she didn't do some sort of stupid thing and survive because of plot armor. Like, everything she does makes sense. It's no um, Lost World gymnastics kick the Velociraptor scene. Like, I didn't I didn't witness that, which I was very thankful. There is, like, a deleted scene from the film that after Emma releases the Titans, it shows Maddie, like, really upset and she goes up to this random soldier and this has like boxing pads on and she's just like like beating the crap out of these boxing pads to get her frustration and her mom out then that scene of her and her mom arguing in the hallway saying like would andrew want this like that took place like right before hmm. behemoth titanus behemoth that's the monster but uh I'm, I'm trying to look through the name here i don't see it uh Mariko? Oh, uh, Mariko? Mariko? Is that right? Uh, Marco Polo. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, and it's like another guy in there. It says Eric is his name. She went up to, into the um, the ventilation system to fix something. But all she did was like deactivate the kill switch. So yeah. she, got everybody, she got everybody killed there. I did enjoy the sequence with the, uh, the Kraken situation where mm -hmm. like they're like setting the vitals and all that stuff and it was like dead but yet it was escaping it like adapted like real octopus do they just change their body shapes and play play weird mind games with people <laughs> what i thought was kind of funny i don't like that line that said uh his name was coleman or cole yeah coleman uh he was kind of funny in the movie but um it was just like 
like he said that like we can't find Godzilla, and then um, he's like, "Oh, we uh, we're tracking Godzilla to this area." And then Mark's like, "I thought you didn't know where he was." He's like, "Well, not if you don't know where to look." I'm like, "That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard." I'm just like, "You either know where he is or you don't." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's pretty weird. I mean, he's a 400 foot lizard. He's not really that hard to spot unless he's like, unless he's like deep, thousands of feet deep in the ocean. Yeah. But even then, I'm pretty sure they would have been able to track something that big. Yeah, which it was. I thought it was kind of silly too. They did this thing where, when they were in the submarine, like Mark is in this nuclear submarine, and they get sucked down into this the hollow Earth situation. You know, um, mm-hmm. but it was like, oh, they're, we're we're being pulled into something. I think they called it a vortex, maybe. And then it's like it cuts away to another scene and it comes back. You know, I, I, I picture that in the movie. I was like, this is that tacky moment in the movie where it's like, Oh my God, they just died. But no, they didn't. They come back and they're like, Oh, where are we? We're in this weird cave system with all these ancient ruins that are underwater. I don't know. I had mixed emotions about that. And Godzilla, when he was knocked out, he like what, when he got sucked under, he just goes and pulls himself up down there and lays on this giant concrete, well, not concrete, but this giant rock <laughs> They're just pouring concrete into this fissure in the ocean. Yeah, like, what in the world? I was going to say, um, uh, it's probably more for the film, but I feel like a nuke that far down into the earth would have like caused a more destructive yeah. result, and it just kind of just all we got from it was, oh, Godzilla's awake. Yeah. <laughs> Like it, it pushed the submarine out further, so <laughs> the shock wave underwater pushed them a lot further. Except. But no, Remember, when you were like, ta- it like beached them, didn't it? The shock wave beached them. Um, it served like, them. Yeah, I think it's it, like, oh, I thought they went up and hit land or something. I don't think so. I mean, and and unless it's different. I remember oh, yeah. them getting out through, uh, like, they were just on the water, but, I mean, it may have been different. Uh, what chapter was Didn't that? that kill everyone in the submarine? That's what I was thinking when I read it. I was like, wait. Like, you would, you would <laughs> like, the depressurization that quickly? But, I mean, like, not necessarily, like, surfacing that quickly in a submarine, but having, because part of going up and down in underwater is the speed in which you go up so that way you breathe out the correct amount of oxygen mm-hmm. so that way your brain doesn't bleed and you don't bleed out your eyes like they have this in Jaws 2 where the guy surfaces too fast and he bleeds out his eyes like it's gnarly oh like, he gets uh yeah what uh, uh bubbles in the blood or something an embolism yeah, or... yeah. You, get, you get too much oxygen in your blood but um, but yeah, like I would think as soon as they opened like the cap of the submarine, like they'd all blow up. Like they'd be, I think they'd be fried. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a scientist or anything, but I don't feel yeah, like I'm not, I'm not a doctor, and I just play one on TV. But like you know, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> also, uh, uh, Matthew was talking about this, like um, how that everybody was just like, oh, like we're all taking advice from Mark and everything. I like there was that one doctor um, who was like always like telling Mark that he's crazy. Like when they heard Godzilla swimming outside and they're like, okay, lower your weapons. He thinks that we're a threat. Like open the door. Let's, let's have him, have him take a look at us. He's like, yeah, let's might've been here for a beer. Are you out of your 
freaking mind. I'm just like, I'm with this guy. I don't want to see a giant freaking lizard swimming towards me. Yep. Okay, I found this part when like they get hit by that shock wave. Uh, it says they broke into the air, tossed up by the Tower of Water. Mark lost sense of what was happening. They excel- the acceleration faded, was gone. He was weightless. Um, they slammed back down on the surface of the ocean like a beached whale. Okay. Um, but when it all sorted out, they were floating. Maybe not for long, but for now. That confused me when I read that. I remember getting confused. I'm like, wait a minute. What do they mean they were floating? Did Godzilla pick them up and carry them to the shore? No, they surfaced. They didn't go back down. They like stayed oh, floating in the water. See, I'm I'm an idiot. I was thinking floating no, in the air. No, I get that. That's not written clearly. Um, you should have yeah. you should complain to Greg Keys and said, "I need a diagram." Yeah, hey, floating too. on what? Floating on air or on the? See, and that that bothered me. That's why I got confused too. They slammed on the ocean surface. The surface of the ocean, like a beaching whale. What I mean, that's a simile. It's not a good one. Which, uh, yeah, I mean, I, which is kind of funny because from what I remember, um, it was kind of just a, a right analogy, just kind of like in the wrong context. Because like whales well, don't like. Well, it's like whales, like it's not you. It's just like whales sink whenever they, uh, whenever they die. But I'm I just like. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. My eyes were crossed. It's breaching whale. It makes oh. a lot more sense when it's because it doesn't say beaching whale. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm an idiot. Makes sense now. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Why am I here? Oh gosh. Um. Anyway, so yeah, I, I overall I thought the book was, was decent. Yeah, and I enjoyed it. I mean, it makes it was... me want to see the movie for the visuals. Like I, I could care less about the story. I just want to see the monsters fighting each other. But it's... I know which part to fast forward through. <laughs> it's definitely a better monster action than the first one because you actually get actual monster action and not just like ten minutes of it. I right, mean, or see the action on a TV. Better monster fighting in it, and it was found footage. Say what? It was like a TV, right? There's like, we get to see the action on a small TV in the movie through like a news station. I know. (laughs) Yeah. You first see. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Jeremy. Like Cloverfield had better monster fighting in it. And there's Mm -hmm. more monster. Yeah. Well, it's also like you first get Godzilla on screen and he does that very epic roar. And like in the theaters, that was awesome. And then they're like, he roars like, Oh, let's take you now live to a, a random small TV or you can watch all of this. I'm like, um, I wanted to see them fight. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, that was horse <laughs> something that I won't say on her, but no, so there's that. Okay. I'm sorry. You, you were talking first. Oh no, you're, it's good. I was just going to say, no, it's uh it's definitely more satisfying monster fight fighting action. So what did you like better, the book or the movie? Oh, I'd probably say 60-40 the movie. I like the visual and the fighting and everything and um but I what I liked about the book was I liked that it kind of expanded on a couple of things that may would have made some parts of the movie or the characters make more sense. So Okay. And 
Jeremy, since you listened to it on audiobook, how was the narrator? Very good. Uh, his women voices were a little lacking, but that's to be expected, typically. Um, let me pull up who what the narrator even was. I'm blanking on his name right now. Sorry. I was Did not. Have, uh, while you looked it up, was there music? Uh, not really, no. Okay. Uh, it was. Oh, God. Are you kidding me? You're not going to give me. Narrated by Michael Braun. Michael Braun. I've heard that name before. Yeah, I've heard him do some other stuff too. I will say, uh, Matthew. The music in the film is amazing. I've, I'll second that. It's pretty good, except for the the cover of the Blue Aster Cult song. That's pretty <laughs> awful. At the credits, yeah. Go, go, Godzilla. You know. I, I, being a Blue Oyster Cult fan, I don't want the singer of System of a Down covering a, a Blue Oyster Cult song. Um, but... The score, uh, well, it, the original score was written by uh, Bear McCreary. He wrote the score for Walking Dead and uh, what was the Outlander? Um, mm. uh, what was the other one that he wrote? Jeez. Uh, uh, it was some pirate show. I can't remember. Um, pirate show or movie? Black a, I think it's Black. Uh, I think. It's not Pirates of the Caribbean because most of those are Hans Zimmer. The bad ones are Hans Zimmer, and then there's one good one by someone else. I'm gonna look it up. Um, but yeah, that's what I got. Bear McCreary, McCreary, Outlander, Galactica. Yeah, Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar he did that. Theme from Black Sails. Black Sails. Yeah. Black Sails. That sounds like a pirate. Yeah, yep, he, I told you so. You got it. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean, I can tell you that. At least he did Agents of uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. show. Oh, that's not something to brag about. <laughs> that's why it's so far down the list. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... Da Vinci's yeah. Demons. But um, he also like brings in some of the monsters' themes. Like He's got like the original Godzilla march and, but he kind of like, he, he, uh, he touches it up a little bit. He had like, like, uh, a chorus in the, uh, like a vocal chorus in there. And it was great. Uh, he yeah. does, he does Mothra's theme. And, uh, I don't know if Rodan had a theme. I haven't seen the original film. I'm sure he did, but, um, I don't remember. It was the Jurassic park theme. <laughs> no, yeah, he, I'm just kidding. He's a giant pteranodon, so it, it wouldn't yeah. surprise me. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I thought it was good. Um, I liked the book. I liked reading it, and um. Uh, I probably will will say I'm probably glad I read I watched seen the movie first. Um. Because. Um. Uh, Did it add I, anything to the story for you? Other than like Jonah's story, like uh, with his family, uh, not really. I mean, okay. it was just most of the other scenes were just like uh, I don't remember it showing in the film the other monarch posts like reacting to the Titans resurrecting. It just showed the Titans resurrecting. So okay, 
Um, it was kind of cool to see the other monarch posts, but like other than that, it just it didn't really add. Yeah. See, I enjoyed those parts of the book too. Like the when it would go to the the different posts and it's like, oh, the beast is waking up and getting the different reactions from the different scientists and all that stuff. I thought that was pretty neat. Mm-hmm. So I just um I can see why they cut that part from the film though. Like I guess uh time wise they had to be like like okay, people aren't gonna in the movies, people aren't gonna really wanna see right, you know, the scientists are gonna be like, hey, show us the monsters, you know. Yeah. And I was wondering about like what was gonna be in the film when I was reading because there are a lot of names. And I'm thinking, okay, there's a lot of names in this book that I can't remember. Uh are they going to be saying these names in the film to, about all these scientists? But like you just said, half half that stuff wasn't in the book or in the movie. Uh, so. I think I think they say the names of the scientists that like are featured the most. I right, it's been right, like right. a yeah, but yeah. I mean like it was during those little uh, outpost sections, it was like going through three or four different names in each section. I'm like, geez, hopefully we don't come back to these people. I'm like, I remember who they are. It's like why is a Skywalker? Which is introducing characters. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. But I I'm glad I read it. I, I wish I would have read the Godzilla twenty fourteen novelization first to get like a refresher. Because like I said, I saw the film one time. And I <laughs> you didn't can, even uh... get it in the theater. I saw it in, when it came out and went to the red box and rented it. So it's kind of like um you could read the 2014 Godzilla as like a, a flashback. Yeah. Yeah. Now, didn't you say there was a prequel to oh, this? Oh, yeah. It's called, it's a comic book. I didn't get a chance to read it yet. Um, uh, but there's also one comic, I think, where they showed, like, because in the book, I remember them saying that Godzilla's spines on his back were mm-hmm. shaped differently. And I think that in one of the comic books, it shows that. He gets into a fight with another monster. I think it was another Muto. Well, they referenced that in the book. I'm sorry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Comic in the book and his spine being broken. And they kind of re... And uh, those spines on his back are like more of the classic style of Godzilla. Like, because in like in the 2014 one, they were just kind of like this, like disfigured triangles, but Mm. in this one, it's actually like, you know, like like uh, the original Godzilla one is like more like these where right. they're more like pointy, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. See, it's these, these little movies that do this blue color. I don't know what it's like nostalgic for me, like the, the glowing blue. Cause it was like that independence day did that blue shiny color. Didn't Aliens uh, 2 do that too? And they're like toy campaign. Just have a lot of... A, no, yeah. Aliens logo is blue. That's while, true, yeah. we're, while we're on that topic, I was going to say that was one thing that was different for me. I kind of... I'm not sure how I feel about it, but like they talked about how Godzilla's plates would glow as a as a intimidation factor, I guess. Like as a threat. Like, you mm-hmm. know, it's like him. It's kind of like... A, when a dog bows its head and like growls, it's like, that was kind of like what I got the, like they were saying like, that was like uh, Godzilla was like trying to intimidate his prey right. or something like that. Yeah. That was, that's never happened before. But hmm. So what would you rate the book overall? 
explain the movie. No, you got to separate it from the movie, which you said there wasn't that much of a difference. But what would you rate it on a, a scale? Should we do a one through ten scale? Sure. Ten being the best, one being the worst, or zero being the worst. I give it seven. A seven. Mm-hmm. What about you, Jeremy? Jeremy, you got a number? Four. Four. Okay. I was gonna I think... give it a three, but it's not quite that bad. Yeah. Okay. So I, I was actually gonna give it about a seven as well. So it's yeah, I mean it's it's a very interesting read. I enjoyed it, but it's just like those I mean, like there's just like those moments that are just like, wait, what? You know? Right. And that's like I said, I, I've learned to lower expectations when I read things now and I put the, get that mindset of knowing like, okay, this is a cheesy action film. Writers of these things, I know how their thought press process is going now. I could just lower my standards just and see how it goes. I got a fun yeah, question right. for you guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, who do you think is going to win, Godzilla or Kong? Stalemate. Yeah, it's going to be something that comes in and they're going to turn together against the on the, the new villain. That's my opinion. Ghidorah's going to come back. Maybe, like you said, a mecha Ghidorah. You know what would be awesome if Jet Jagger came <laughs> Oh, my gosh. My fave. Literally, Matthew, there's a character called Jet uh, Jagger or Jaguar. I can't remember, but he was he's like a robot that's like human-sized, and then he he like has this ability to grows into Godzilla's size. He was designed by a kindergartner in Tokyo. They had a competition to see who would team up with Godzilla and Godzilla versus Megalodon, which also has the infamous uh, international poster of Megalodon and um, Godzilla fighting on the World Trade Center because uh, King, the remake of King Kong had come out around that time and King Kong climbed up the World Trade Center in that. Oh, he's pulling it, pulling it out. And let's not forget, also in that film, that film was like one of the worst Godzilla films ever, but it's very amusing to watch because there's this one fight move where... Oh, God, Jet, yeah, that's right. That's in there. Jet Jaguar is holding one of the monsters, and Godzilla, like, okay, like, here's the other monster. Here's Godzilla. He just takes a few steps back, and he just jumps, and he's sliding on his tail like this. He goes... <laughs> Hang on. I think there's a picture of it in this Criterion release. And like he does it twice, and I'm just like, and we're just watching, like, how the heck is that even? <laughs> it's, I mean, seriously, yeah. like, after this, look it up because he just goes, you know, that's no, it doesn't. Instead, it has uh, God, was invasion of the astro monsters? Look at this, remember Godzilla's dance moves. <laughs> God, I love the sick Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, Godzilla beats King Ghidorah on a on another planet. Godzilla's like, yay! The sad, the funny thing is, Matthew, they didn't change out the Godzilla costume for the whole Showa era, and you yeah. can see it's falling apart. <laughs> That's sad. 
There's actually one uh, Godzilla film where he becomes a dad. And I'm just yeah. like, and it's hilarious because, I mean, it's funny because it shows Godzilla taking a nap and it shows his son playing jump rope with Godzilla's tail. And Godzilla's just like, what the heck are you doing? I'm just like, yeah, Godzilla's son has some of the worst des- uh, creature design I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I, I hope they don't. A small child and he speaks English. What? Yeah, that. Oh my gosh, Godzilla's it, revenge. Godzilla's revenge is what happens when Toho drops acid. Because doesn't that <laughs> weird fish mask scene is in that movie? That's Godzilla versus Hedora. Oh, okay. That that's like a fever dream right there. That's where Godzilla goes like uh, eco friendly, like and <laughs> like he gets all Emma on everybody. Pretty much. But in a, in a better way. <laughs> That's yeah. what King of the Monsters was referencing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, that's a fun Easter egg. In Godzilla vs. Hedera, like, after man creates this giant, like, toxic pollution monster, and Godzilla finally destroys it, he Godzilla actually stares at pe- the humans like this, like, Really? Really? And then Godzilla does that in the movie King in the in that in the this film. Like after he wakes up, Godzilla's just like just staring. Yeah, and they're all just like, hey, sorry. Sorry we uh-huh. nuked you. Sorry we tried to kill you. Yeah. That's so that's funny. I like Rob D's comment like about Godzilla and versus Kong oh, said. It's Matthew Broderick. He comes Matthew- in interrupt comes to interrupt Godzilla and Kong and they they'll team up to kill. <laughs> <That'd be> funny. <laughs> but who would you want to win that fight? Like, I don't think you asked that question. Who would you want to win the fight? Godzilla. Godzilla. It makes more sense. Well, yeah. here's the thing. Like apparently uh there's like this rumor that in the original King Kong versus Godzilla film that there's two endings, and I don't think there is. Um, oh, I highly doubt it. I don't think Toho had the money to do that. Because because uh, they the two endings were like one of them winning, but I'm like... Uh, it would be the, a cool thing to do. Like now, do like half the theaters, like you don't know which copy you're going to see. You can get either <laughs> the one with Godzilla winning or the one with Kong winning. It's like a 60s version of release the Snyder cut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, at least the Kong cut. <laughs> um, but I to say Kong cut. Do you do you want do you care about spoilers for the old film, Matthew? Or are you planning on watching? I do. It? I do not care. Okay. Well, in the end of it, it's not none of the neither of them kind of win. It's just kind of implied that Kong may have won because what they both did is they're on top of this cliff and they're fighting. They're crushing this building. They both fall off the cliff into the water. Mm-hmm. But only Kong resurfaces and he's swimming mm-hmm. away, and they're making it sound like, "Hey, Kong won." I'm like, I don't know about that because Godzilla breathes underwater. He probably got away from Godzilla, and Godzilla's just like, I'm just like, I kind of feel like if Godzilla kept him down there for like two more minutes, he would have won. Yeah, maybe maybe he just went back to his little altar down there in the Hollow Earth. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and that film he was. And Godzilla was uh, freed from an iceberg. Hey, there's another Easter egg. 
King Ghidorah was freed from an iceberg in King of the Monsters, and Godzilla was freed from an iceberg in that one. So yeah, could be it. <laughs> I just kind of wonder too. Like I, I was confused on how they were viewing certain things, like Ghidorah being trapped in this giant ice block. What were they seeing? Like the whole was the whole body exposed in this clear wall of ice? You ever see the documentary Raising the Mammoth? Nope. Well, someone found a woolly mammoth. Like I remember that. Nice. They dug it out and they tried to drill in to clone it. But you can see the whole thing in there. Yeah. It's, it's I the way I picture it, it's kind of like what it's like to look at someone that Mr. Freeze may have frozen. <laughs> you, you just see a block of ice, but you can still see someone in there going, you know. <laughs> There's one. How about this? Modern 2019 Godzilla versus 1998 Godzilla. They actually they did something like that, one of the Godzilla films. But I'm like, if it was this new Godzilla, oh, it was the 98 Godzilla would have been roasted. Yeah, is this is the would the 98 Godzilla even be the size of this Godzilla's foot? Uh it'd probably be like he'd probably Waste like high. his head. Yeah, like waist high. Yeah, this Godzilla, it's so weird to get used to, but they just roided this Godzilla up. He's gigantic. And then they roided Kong up, too. These it is. It's kind of comical. He's like the no-neck. Yeah, and I remember in Godzilla 2014, his feet were like this big. Like there's one scene where you can see it's just like his feet, or like his toes are actually pointing down like this. It's like I'm just like I think they, yeah. I'm actually looking at one of the other Godzillas that I have, and it's the new one. And they actually corrected his feet. I'm like, thank you. That looked weird. They couldn't actually stand it up. Yeah, or it just wasn't sized properly. <laughs> um, but yeah, as for the book, I recommend it. I mean. If you uh, like, if you want to, if you're curious about it and you kind of want to read about like, you know, the other scientists, like it's very brief, but I, I recommend it. So I think people would enjoy it. Um, I mean, it even has the 65 year anniversary of Godzilla on the back there, 1954 to 2019. So that's cool. I kind of thought it was kind of cool that the original movie. The first one was named Godzilla, and the um, the sequel was called Godzilla: King of the Monsters because originally the Japanese released Godzilla the, in the fifties, and it was called Godzilla or Gojira. And then the, the American version was uh, Godzilla: King of the Monsters. So the one where they added Raymond Burr, and so there would be an American. Yeah, that was kind of funny because they added some of the scenes from the original film into the American version and they just kind of like shot some characters from behind or like had their face obscured so that way it's like they're talk interacting with uh, Raymond with Burr. Which I like Raymond Burr. I love, love me from Perry Mason. He was actually a good friend of my great grandfather's, believe it or not. That's so, awesome. Like I respect that, but it's so ridiculous. They, they were, it was too too close to World War II, and they thought Americans wouldn't like a whole Japanese cast movie. Well, I I liked it. I, I don't know that I... Like I said, I don't know when I'll watch the movie. 
but I, I do want to see the visuals. Just don't know when I'm going to go out of my way to get a copy of the film. I won't buy it. I'll rent it, maybe. It's on Redbox now. I saw it there. Okay, so if I find it there, I'll, I'll rent it. And again, you know, I can meet up with you later. I mean, I have a copy you can borrow if you don't okay. want to spend it. Nice. Must be real nice. <laughs> um, I could... If you'd pay me postage, I can probably mail it to you. But I I'm mean, good. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was gonna good. say, like, if you live close to us, I would have given you a copy too. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're fine. Nah. I just wanted to give you crap. Um, um go ahead. Oh. I would only recommend this to extreme Godzilla fans because this book for the first half of it's just tedious and the second half is just a fan service. It's eh. yeah. Okay. I, you know, that's I would agree with that. Like if it's like a severe like a diehard Godzilla fan, I think that they would enjoy it, but um um no, yeah, I, I would agree with that, but I I still would recommend it to everybody. But I think real Godzilla or like true Godzilla fans would probably appreciate it more. I guess is the term I would say. Yeah, they, I think yeah. Don't more hardcore Godzilla fans appreciate this new thing a lot better than they did the 1998 version? Yeah, but I'd never understood why. Because that 2014 one is hot garbage. <laughs> It's not about story anymore. It's about special effects. Well, they barely have the special effects. It's yeah. the most boring thing I've ever seen. It's, yeah. It's an Ambien commercial. I've gotten more out of watching uh, Lunesta commercials. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> it's a sleep aid. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. I did see one Godzilla commercial where he's... Uh... Where it shows them destroying Tokyo. I'm like, hey, Godzilla, calm down. Here, have a Snickers. And then we see Godzilla like water, <laughs> like water skiing. And he's like. <laughs> That's funny. That's really funny. Um, I want to say before we wrap this all up, um, I, I didn't mean to ignore anybody in the comment section. Uh, I really tried to focus on the topic at hand. I didn't want to get distracted. So you guys weren't, you're not ignored. I'm going to go back and read some of these comments later on. But uh yeah, we wanted to stay on topic and really have a good discussion about what we read. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed this. Uh, I think that's going to wrap it up for the, the first Paper Movies <laughs> Novelization Book Club discussion. Um, so thanks for watching us on the on the first video, guys. Yeah, thanks so um, much. And thank you. Yeah. Uh, next book we're going to talk about, we don't know uh, whose channel it's going to appear on. Uh, it'll be another thing at the end of the month. Um, I'm not sure exactly how it'll work in june um uh, because i think the last i'm trying to bring up my calendar real quick we, we'll we'll figure this out and we'll let everybody know too later on but the Are last the book yeah i'll mention the book uh the last thursday of the month in june is on the 25th so i don't know if that's what we want to do or try to aim for a different day or, or what um because uh, it seems like it's going to come up pretty quick but the book that we're going to be doing next I'm excited to announce on Paper Movies is a movie from 1981, and it's Dragon Slayer. Oh, Written I have my copy. Go, Go ahead. ahead. 
Go ahead. So it's written by Wayland Drew. So you can find these on uh, eBay, very cheap. Uh, as little Thank as you. Like, Thank you. Oh, hey, you're welcome. As little as a dollar fifty, you could find these things. So um, pick up your copy. I don't think we're going to regret it. Um, if you haven't seen the movie, which I, I don't think a lot of you guys have, you've heard me talk about the movie a lot. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to read the book. Um, it's got pictures in it. So. And I just wanted to say thank you to Matthew. Uh, Matthew, I actually met up with him at the bookstore the other day, and he gave me a copy of one of his uh, Dragon Slayer <laughs> books, and I do have it. I was just like, oh, I probably should have brought it in here. <laughs> but um, uh, I don't know if you guys saw it. I don't know if you posted the picture yet on Instagram, did you? Oh, no, I didn't. I didn't. Oh, yeah. Here, I'll bring it up. I thought it was kind of funny. Um I also need to thank Matthew because he mailed me this the other day. <laughs> so it was meant to be. Yeah. So it's going to be nice and convenient and easy for us to just go ahead and get started on it. But um, it's only a 218 page book. And so, if you're waiting yeah, for hardcover, <laughs> it practicing is... uh, social distancing there. Social distancing at yeah, its best there at the bookstore. <laughs> Such a good time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for those of you reading the hardcover copy, it's 183 pages. Nice. Yeah, and but like I said, both the hardcover and the paperback easily accessible on eBay. I'm sure it's many other places online as well. So I will say, uh, Matthew actually recommended I watch the film because I've never seen it, and I was like, okay, I'll check it out. And I was typing it in on my Roku. I'm like, is there anywhere that's streaming it? I found a. a a streaming app on my Roku that's streaming it for free. And I'm just like, Whoa, meant to be. I remember sending him a picture of like, Hey, guess what I'm watching. And he's just like, and the message, he's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. But uh, yeah, everybody, thanks for joining. Um, I guess we'll talk at you later. Yeah. See ya. So thank it. you guys. Paper movies. Paper movies. Bye. With MailChimp, you get a whole lot more than a URL. You get an all-in-one marketing platform to help drive sales. That means you can connect your data to make more informed, smarter decisions. And you get powerful automation tools like our customer journey builder to ensure you never miss an opportunity to turn shoppers into loyal customers. So if you're ready to integrate your marketing and boost sales, get started today at MailChimp.com smartmarketing. MailChimp, built for growing businesses. With MailChimp, you get more than a URL. You get an all-in-one marketing platform to help drive sales. With things like data-driven recommendations and powerful automation tools. Get started today at MailChimp.com smartmarketing. MailChimp, built for growing businesses.